You are listening to Beyond the Verse, a Star Citizen podcast. A show dedicated to Cloud Imperium games, Star Citizen and Squadron 42. Whether you fight, explore, unite, and or trade, we bring you news, updates, interviews, reviews, and analysis. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a pour of Radagast, and join us as we go Beyond the Verse. Launch sequence activated. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 33 of Beyond the Verse Star Citizen podcast. I am your host, Solus, and this episode is a continuation of last week's IAE. In fact, we're even calling it IAE 2953 week one. We're going to be getting into some of the events leading up to like I guess tomorrow's um, start of the events, but we're also going to be getting into what you can expect throughout the entire first week and the first week only. If you're interested in the entire event and maybe the lore behind the event, I encourage you to go back to episode 32 where we go into the lore, we go into the overarching themes um, and I guess precedent of what you can expect from IAE. But for this episode, we're going to be going into the free fly information. So this game is free to play uh, for the next 14 days. We're going to be looking into the FAQ for IAE. We're going to quickly address the flight questions and the FPS questions that Star Citizen Live um, is asking the community for. We're going to quickly go through the roadmap update, the buyback token schedule, and where in the f is Jax? kind of a big thing happening right now on social media. No one knows. I have an idea of where he's at and how he will show up still in the next two weeks. So stay uh, stay tuned for the rest of this episode. If you want to skip ahead in the show notes in YouTube and on the podcast uh, show notes, you can go to the section that means the most to you. Don't feel like you have to spend the entire hour and a half uh, listening to the show, although we welcome you to stay and hang around a little bit. All right, here we go. Incoming message. All right, to start us off, we are going to go back to episode 32's uh, Q&A and polls. We asked, what excites you most about IAE 2953? Any ships you are itching to get into your hangar? We had a couple of responses I'm going to read to you now. The first one's from a Donovan Salter Green. Quote, this is my chance to restart my fleet. I have a new account, decent amount of store credit, and a list of ships I need. Most excited about the C1 and the new alien ship. So there's actually a lot to unpack in this one uh, or two sentences. So here we go. Restart your fleet. Let me clear my throat. So restarting, I still got to clear my throat. So restarting the fleet. This is actually a really good topic of conversation. Um, this might be the time for you to melt. Now, now hear me out. Don't melt your limited whole ships. Don't do anything crazy like that. But this is probably the best time to melt your entire fleet, put it all in store credit, and start over. Okay? And the reason why I'm saying that 
is if there is like a, uh, a manufacturer, a ship manufacturer that most interests you, they usually come out with master packs. So my my pack that I have owned um, ever since basically joining the game, our last IAE, is the Origin Master Pack. And it's got 19 ships of lifetime insurance to include the 890 Jump. So the master pack includes the limited whole ship. So if you have a limited whole ship, you absolutely have to have, get that master pack, and then you can upgrade or exchange or whatever you wanna call it, um, the bottom ships, the ships that you can easily obtain uh, in the game. So like the X1s, the G12s, those are going to be easy to find um, and easy to purchase inside of the game when it goes live. So you can exchange those um, and upgrade to the actual holes that you want outside of Origin. So that and, <laughs> that would be my recommendation, um, that and every ship is going to be available to purchase and potentially pre-purchase. So this is the best chance to restart your fleet. It's a good call out, Donovan. To keep go, uh, to keep going though. The most ships that, that that they need. So I'm gonna repeat what I said back in episode 32. I highly recommend uh, purchasing the more expensive ships, the more hard to get in game ships with real money, and then saving the smaller items like a Cutlass Black and and those ships. Save that for in game UEC it's not worth your USD, your United States dollar, but your uh, your real life currency, it's not worth it. Save up the money, get that Carrick, um, I don't know, the uh, <laughs> the Pioneer's a limited whole ship, but you know, those expensive ships, the Drake Corsair, those more expensive ships, the MSR, right? Last, most excited about the C1 and the new alien ship. Um, so this is, I'm not going to get into any spoilers. I, I never will do that on this podcast. But I will, I would be remiss if I did not mention um, that there are some leaks happening around social media right now. And feel free to go on to Twitter and find out for yourself. But there are, there are some alien ships dropping that, I mean, clearly it's going to happen because the graphics and everything are available um, or just somebody's really good <laughs> at creating graphics. Um, but it looks like we're going to be getting a, an alien ship that we have not heard yet. I'll stop there because, again, I, my brand is not about um, leaking and ruining surprises and all that crap. So just be on the lookout <laughs> there might be in the first couple of days here is alien week so our alien day so it, it's going to be coming pretty soon if it does at all the next response from aj valentine quote i'm always excited to go through the halls in each day and check all the ships and fly some also enjoy seeing what new ships show up for sale and if any of them are interesting enough to invest in end quote I, I agree. I, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I do it in Invictus. I think Invictus is a fun event to walk around uh, and be part of like the lore, the posters, the military recruiting. There's something fun and exciting about the Invictus um, ambience. The same can be said about IAE. It's a very like showboating, like show off um, type event. And that's not, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just. Um, there's a lot of things to look at. They've got 
little carts that you can go and buy food from and buy, you know, shirts and stuff that evidently stay with you upon server resets. I didn't know that. That's awesome. But if you buy one of these event shirts, they remain or they persist in your in your hangar. Like I still have shirts I purchased during the last Invictus, although we had like two server resets since Invictus. I didn't know this. So there you go. Surprise, surprise. But yeah, enjoying the new ships, uh, renting and test flying. I'll be honest with you, and maybe this is... Um, I don't really know why, but I have never rented a ship. Invictus or an IAE. I never rented a ship. I just... Actually, to be honest with you, I spent more time in the pledge store outside of game than I have in game. Um, that's a whole other conversation. Well, this is a podcast. I guess I could get into it here. So for me, uh, I work a lot. Obviously, I have, I have a family. I get to balance everything. So I actually do spend more time on the website going through lore, going through the announcements, um, obviously going through the pledge store and analyzing that piece. So yes, I actually have more time to spend in uh, or outside the game than I do inside the game. It's kind of a crazy dynamic if you think about it. But when I do get in game, I kind of want to just, I, I want to play it. I don't necessarily want to try a ship that I would have to get used to and don't know the capabilities of, etc. Now what I will do is I'll buy, I'll buy like a new ship out of the pledge store and absolutely will fly that during this event, of course. Next quote from a Nick and I'm sorry to butcher your last name, um, Chipkima. Please correct me, uh, but quote, the ships from Gaddock are the ones that pique my interest. That's one I would get. Also, the RSI large mining sounds nice. So I think they're referencing the RSI uh, Orion. The large mining sounds nice. I'm pretty sure that's the RSI Orion. I don't know if that's coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks. I don't know that to be true. And then the Gaddock ones. So I started doing this more often during the podcast and I'm going to do it here uh, now. I'm going to switch over to share my screen. I actually kind of want to look at what they're talking about. Gaddock is one of those ships uh, or manufacturers that I'm not too familiar with. So I'm pretty sure you have to actually look by manufacturer. Yeah. Let's just take a look at what they produce. So the Raylan, the one that's at least in the uh, RSI website is Raylan. And it's that, um, it looks like a know, starfish. It looks like a star, right? But okay, that's, that's interesting. And that looks very familiar to something that has been leaked. <laughs> so there you go. And I'm pretty sure, again, the RSI Orion, or am I not saying that right? Ships. I love doing this stuff real time. I thought it was the Orion. Is it not the Orion? Polaris, Constellation, Aura, Scorpius, Scorpius, Perseus, Mantis. Mantis is one that I'm not too familiar with. The Orion, yeah. Why did that not come up when I typed it in? Yeah, the heavy mining from RSI is the Orion. Okay, totally digress in that moment. Uh, let's get back to the quote. <laughs> uh, actually, the next and the last response uh, from a Cade Chandler. Quote, I'm most excited to see if the rumor of an RSI mining ship is true or not. I'm also trying to get a Perseus and Galaxy in my hangar. 
working backwards. Galaxy is super sexy. It's a very sleek ship. Cannot wait. Um, that's also going to be the first ship that introduces modularity. So that'll be exciting to get. Perseus, um, I believe that is the bomber or missile. The Polaris and the Perseus are pretty damn close to each other. I think the Perseus... I'm doing it again. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Perseus, I think, is the missile ship. Sharing my screen for those of you on YouTube. Ships. Let's go. Perseus. It's, it's the frigate, yes, but I'm pretty sure this is the... When RSI set out to make the definitive modern statement in persuasive prevention, they looked uh, into their own past to the historic gunships designated Perseus capable of shredding sub-capital class Goliaths, the mere presence of a Perseus gunship. So this is gunship. Um, so the Perseus is a gunship that I thought was a missile based. Then what is the Polaris? So the Polaris is a Corvette, like the Hammerhead. Capital ship, power punch, full arm, and a turrets and torpedoes. So the Polaris is the torpedo. Got it, got it, got it. And the Perseus is the gunship. Okay. <laughs> I know we're doing this real time, but I want to stop guessing on the podcast. You deserve, you deserve better than that. So no more guessing. We're going to go through all of this together until we get it right all right so that's it for the q a again guys at the end of every single episode on spotify i will ask a question that you can respond to and i will read every single one of them similarly i also ask a poll and so last week i asked have you been enjoying the bourbon segments um i without answering the questions yet I actually felt last week went a little bit long so i went through the abc's of bourbon and spent about five five to six minutes talking about the ABCs of bourbon. I felt that that was too long. So I went ahead and asked the question like, yes, you want me to go deeper? Yes, but you want it shorter? And then no, please stop. Um, and so the answers were 44% yes, go deeper. Another 44% yes, but shorter. And then 11% no, please stop. So I am a very, very, very critical person. There's none other that is more critical of my show and quality than myself. Now will always be the case. And I pride myself, um, in the way I approach that. So if I get like an inkling and by the way, before I publish these podcasts, I listen to it and watch it like two to three times just to make sure that things are smooth and operating well and et cetera. So every time I listen to episode 32, I'm like, ah, I kind of want to fast forward. I kind of want to like get beyond the bourbon piece. So quickly, I will go into bourbon real fast because uh, it looks like the majority of you want me to to stay with it, but I'll be, I'll, I'll be fast. So I finished my Angel's Envy Rye last night during a play session, um, went ahead and got my replacement. And for this next couple, well, we'll call it the IAE uh, whiskey. I went ahead and got the Heaven Hill. It's the seven year bottled and bond. Highly, highly recommended. I haven't drank that much yet, uh, but it is a great, great, great uh, bourbon. And so Heaven Hill is its own corporate owner. It's its own house. So it's not a Sazerac family. It's Heaven Hill and they're bottled in bond. Um, I know how I would describe bottled in bond, but I also brought out my bourbon Bible 
that I'm going to read directly from. So you have uh, the actual description of bottled and bun. But it basically is the old-fashioned way of making bourbon um, as as legally accurate as possible. So let's go quickly. Let's go quickly to the uh, the, the book. And this again is the Bourbon Bible. Bottled and bond. This is a legally defined term for whiskey that has been aged for at least four years in charred new oak containers, the product of one single distillery from one single distilling season, and bottled at exactly 100 proof, which again divided in half is 50% alcohol. Right? And then it gets into this was once the gold standard of bourbon, blah, 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 blah. So there you go. That's it for the bourbon session. Was that long enough? Was it too short? <laughs> Please let me know. Uh, email me, comment section, please. Let's get into this week in Star Citizen. Here we go. Sharing my screen and reading straight from the article. Happy Monday, everyone. Last Friday, we wrapped up Pyro uh, on the preview channel for now. And we want to thank everyone who was able to make their first steps in the chapter of Star Citizen. It was awesome to get to explore a second solar system alongside you. And the playtest gave us an immense amount of data, bug reports, and feedback from all of you to make Pyro even better. Now we look ahead to upcoming patches, IAE, and of course, introducing some of our major technical pillars to the preview channel for testing very soon. Speaking of IAE, the Intergalactic Aerospace Expo is upon us. The annual ship and vehicle showcase returns to New Babbage on Microtech for 2953 to celebrate all things palatable. Plus, you'll have an opportunity to take the full lineups of each vehicle manufacturer out for a spin each day of the show. Coverage of the show begins today with the event's free fly schedule, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Head to the show floor of the Tobin Convention Center every day for a new selection to choose from. Now let's see what's going on this week. And again, today's Thursday, so this is this past Monday. So this past Monday, this past Monday they published the free fly schedule for IAE uh, the Tuesday. The narrative team dropped a lore post titled Jerry, a history half remembered. Also on Tuesday, keep an eye out for our annual Intergalactic Aerospace Expo FAQ to help you make the most of the upcoming ship show, which we will get into. This Wednesday, we'll have a roadmap roundup uh, or update alongside a roadmap roundup. Thursday, Inside Star Citizen. So this is later today. Jared Huckabee and the rest of the Inside Star Citizen cast will go through basically what we've been covering last week and this episode, right? What we can expect from week one uh, as you get into IAE. And it is part one, so it will be this week and next week's Inside Star Citizen. And then last Friday, which is tomorrow, Star Citizen Live continues the Q&A follow-ups of CitizenCon with the FPS and flight teams. We'll go through that also, also very quickly. All right, but before we get into new material, I completely missed going through the November subscriber flare last episode. So I need to do my due diligence <laughs> and and show y'all the November subscriber flare and talk through it. Um, I always have, and so I feel um, negligent if I don't. So here we go. The November 2023 subscriber promos, um, it's basically your Cure Life handheld uh, device. Right, there's a purple one, a red one, and a yellow one. Let's get into each um, paramed 
device. So here's the red one, the Paramed Ox Oxide medical device offering extremely accurate diagnostics and dosing. The Paramed can treat more patients and offer longer relief with less risk of overdose. And this is for the Centurion level subscribers. For the Imperator level subscribers, the Paramed Xanic, uh, Xanthic medical device offering extremely accurate diagnostics and dosing. I think it's the same. It's the same description, but it's yellow and black. And then you've got the store available one, uh, which is purple, purple and white, right? So you can get all three, yada, yada. The vehicle of the month is the RSI Lynx, one of my favorite ground vehicles. It's super sleek, super sexy. It's RSI, um, but it's, it's like origin level luxury. It's a really, really, really nice vehicle. It comes with the Constellation um, Phoenix. So if you get the Constellation Phoenix as a limited whole ship, this comes with it. Uh, but again, it's just a super luxurious uh, ground vehicle like to transport VIPs. And so in the back here that I'm kind of hovering over with my mouse, um, it's literally a nice, it's a nice table with two chairs and some champagne. And again, it's luxury. It's a very, very awesome vehicle. Very, very awesome, awesome vehicle. Okay, there's some subscriber merchandise discounts, etc. I don't necessarily go through that each time, uh, but here we go. I, I, again, I just wanted to cover down on something that I normally, normally do. Chronological events. So last Friday, after we had recorded episode 32, um, they did release the best in slots paints i see i keep saying best in slot best in show i've been playing way too many world of warcraft and elder scrolls online in my life that bis will always be best in slot the best in show paints goodness sharing my screen for those of you on youtube so it is a purple base with a kind of a light blue light green maybe teal highlight I think it's a gorgeous, gorgeous color combination, and I'm very happy that they went with a darker purple. Um, if you've been listening to this podcast several, several episodes ago, I mentioned like the Alien Week. It's too vibrant. It's too, it doesn't seem like dark and insidious enough. For me, Aliens is like dark and, and, and blacks and grays, right? Just in my personal opinion. So this is kind of the same like Alien Week color scheme but it's darker it's more dull and i think that is the right answer it's the right approach so if you're looking on my screen this is the vulture right and you know the four that one but here's the vulture um not necessarily a fan of like the the two arms that go out in the front there's like a highlight that's at a at a diagonal at the very tip I don't know. It feels kind of off to me. I think more of elongated highlight would have been better, in my opinion. Let's move on. This is gorgeous. This the 600i. The 600i's paint job is phenomenal. And if you look at the sides here, I'm going to highlight uh, with my mouse. This is what I'm referencing that I think the Vulture could have done better. The 600i did a really good job putting their highlights kind of recessed into the ship so it's it it absolutely looks like it's highlighted there's a couple spots like on the top of the 600i that have the patches of teal 
I think they, I don't know. I'm not a fan of like the, the highlights being so like visible on the surface. I like it being recessed that you see like in the wing of the 600 I, but this is a very, very, very well done paint job for the 600 I Corsair kind of a, the same color scheme. Well, it is the same color scheme, but the same kind of idea where the base is purple, the teal uh, is like a vertical highlight behind one of the turrets. I think that's fine. That's pretty kosher to all the other um, paint jobs for the Corsair. And then last, the Redeemer. I forgot that the Redeemer was a final uh, a final four, but the Redeemer looks sick as it always does. This is a phenomenal gunship, by the way. If you're able to get the Redeemer in the next couple of days, or you know, for IAE, do it. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous ship. The last thing I'll say, um, I don't know what it's called, but I have seen this paint scheme in real life on cars, where as it's coming towards you, it looks purple, and as it passes by you, it like turns into a green i think it's called chameleon i i don't i don't fully know what that is called but i've seen the paint color uh scheme in real life this is what this reminds me of and then if you want to see all of them put together here is all four ships put together i i think they look great i really 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 do and they don't stand out where you know you're you're targeting yourself or you're highlighting yourself for the enemy to find you so gorgeous gorgeous ships so that happened on friday um the rest of this i have moved our agenda uh, where it made sense to the flow of the conversation so all the iae information i have pushed to the latter part of the podcast we're going to get into the looking for questions for star citizen live for the flight teams and fps and just real quick, um, like we did last week, this is more of just a reminder to let you know, and this because this is recording on Thursday, I would do it now um, as these questions are being consolidated for tomorrow's show. So this first one, looking for questions for the flight teams, just a reminder on the topics. So player interaction and immersion in the cockpit, pre-flight, uh, ship combat and AI, ship weapons, and atmospheric flight. And then for me, what stood out during the flight was that last piece, the atmospheric flight. Um, they were able, like when they turned off their engines, they were able to show they were still able to drift. They were able to bank. They were able to use kind of the atmosphere to get some, some, uh, um, oh, man, I'm, I'm trying to say momentum. There you go. <laughs> Good Lord. They used the gravity to get momentum and then they could like, you know, almost um, float through the atmosphere with no engines on. So it's a very awesome, uh, realistic approach to the atmosphere. I think that's going to be amazing. Master modes needs to happen like now. <laughs> I cannot wait for master modes to take place. That's going to be amazing. Uh, but in these articles, there's also a link to watch the video. So it'll take you to their YouTube video to watch. And this is a 44 minutes or at, at, at least 44 minute uh, YouTube video. So there's your flight teams. I should have been sharing my screen for those of you on YouTube. I am now. So here's your flight teams. Next up, FPS teams. The link, life in the first person to go watch on YouTube and the topics. The EVA experience, which was phenomenal. Prone, ladders, sliding, radiation effects, 
player interaction experience with the physical world, looting screen, stealth gameplay, that was awesome to watch, weaponry, FPS combat, combat in AI, combat demo, uh, the video, the, the combat demo video. So for me, the topics that stood out, so the EVA experience was great. First off, it sucks in game. In this current moment, it's horrible. It is a bad experience. But getting out of your ship is is wonky. It's usually glitched for a couple of seconds and then you find yourself outside floating. Um, they were showing the ability to um, easily maneuver, like in a, almost in the prone position, but easily maneuver in and out of like piping. Um, they were showing the ability to kind of land on your ship, like where you're able to like, almost like gravity boots from the expanse, but gravity boots like onto the surface of your vehicle where you could walk on it in space. They were showing a bunch of amazing updates and features to the outside of your ship in space experience. So that was awesome. Um, the other thing, stealth gameplay, that looked really good. So I almost thought of Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, I saw a little bit of that, a little bit of Splinter Cell, a little bit of those concepts in the stealth gameplay. I think that's great. Most games don't do both. It's either like a hardcore Call of Duty first-person shooter or it's a Splinter Cell stealth gameplay, and it looks like they're trying to do both. It, we'll see it. We'll see it come to fruition. Um, but that also excited me of all the other different things during life in the first person. So there you go. We're moving quickly. Let's go into the roadmap roundup, which didn't have too many updates. Um, it looked like a bunch of um, arena commander modes that are popping up and maps, but let's just get into it, read it quickly, and then we will go into the bike back token and then into IAE for week one. Here we go. The notable changes for November 15th, 2023. Here we go. Player hair update. Yes. 20 hairstyles from Squadron 42. That includes long hair, tied hair, and updates to the existing short hairstyles. I hope that also includes beards. Because <laughs> they showed it during CitizenCon, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like they're putting facial hair in this sentence. Anyways. It's the least of my concerns about Star Citizen. <laughs> uh, the following cards have been added to release view, targeting a release in Q4 and Alpha 3.22. So here we go. Again, they are basically promising that there's going to be Q4 Alpha 3.22. All right. New derelict settlements using the Rastar uh, tool. Awesome. Arena Commander, new map, Bloodshot Ridge. New map, Maker's Point and uh, Arena Commander multi-crew and spawn locations. Just reading that specifically, updating all maps to utilize a new spawn location system for spawn selection. This update also enables the long-awaited introduction of multi-crew to Squadron Battle, Pirate Swarm, Vandal Swarm, Team Tank Battle, and Free Flight. Phenomenal, love it. And again, Echoing my sentiment from maybe three or four episodes ago, Arena Commander is like my new best friend. When I start feeling like the Persistent Universe is broken and servers suck, I end up going to Arena Commander and having a great time. You can do all the fun stuff in the Persistent Universe outside of the game in a dedicated server called Arena Commander. So, 
It's my new best friend. <laughs> I'm loving that. Uh, last but not least, before we get into IAE, um, this came out like yesterday. Yeah, it came out yesterday. Frasia um, posted this, but the 2024 buyback token schedule, I, I normally kind of, I don't normally talk about everything that happens throughout the week, but I think this is important. You should save this. You should put this in a calendar. You should put this wherever you're gaming management files are if you even have those um, but this is important because if you go and screw things up during IAE <laughs> this tells you like when you can buy back some of your um, your pledges so directly from the article quote each quarter a new buyback token will be distributed to your account providing you with an opportunity to reclaim a ship that you had melted previously during store credit as a reminder, buyback tokens do not roll over or stack. So you only get like two. And I don't know if that's based off a of subscription. I don't know. Like I get two every quarter. So if I decide to melt my entire origin pack with the uh, expectation to, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I would do that. <laughs> like I'm very happy with my origin pack. But if I were to melt that for whatever reason, I could get it back. The next opportunity would be January 8th of 2024. So here we go. 2024 schedule. Q1 is January 8, 2024. Q2 is April 8, 2024. Q3 is July 8, 2024. And then the fourth quarter has to be a, an anomaly. October 7, 2024. Why could they not just make that October 8th? Missed opportunity. I mean, I think, yeah, it's because it's Monday. I get it, guys, but <laughs> Jan 8, April 8, July 8, October 7. Cool. Why not? Okay, here we go. Where in the f is Jax? So this is super interesting. Super interesting. We, uh, in episode 32, in episode 32, we go through the lore of IAE, the Whitley's Guide, and Jax McCleary. And yesterday morning, the clip that I put into social media was my excerpt of Jax McCleary. Well, it wasn't a couple hours later <laughs> when Star Citizen or CIG gave us this post. Uh, it's on screen on YouTube. Let me read it. Whitley's Guide. Subject, Jax McCleary not attending IAE 2953. Whitley's Guide is on hiatus. As you know, Whitley's Guide is on hiatus for this year's IAE and our attempts to reach you have been unsuccessful. Despite the uncertainty regarding your location, issues with contracts, extradition, and other matters too sensitive to publicize, we hope you're staying safe, whatever activities you might be engaged in. In the event this transmission hits the right comma rays and you are reading this, please reach out so we can discuss the future of Whitley's Guide. While it's too late for this year's big event, let's discuss 2954. We want it, and the people want it too. Please take a moment, and let's chart the course for the next chapter of Whitley's Guide. The galaxy awaits. Sincerely, TSB and Whitley's Guide. Disclaimer, both TSB and Whitley's Guide are willing to overlook any outlaw act activities you've been linked with, including the incident with the RSI prototype and a known female-led pirate faction. End quote. Uh, yeah, I think he's still I think he's still going to make an appearance in the next two weeks. 
but from pyro they're going to be shoving pyro in your face between now and when it releases next year and i don't mean that in a negative way please do like i that is the future that's 2024 of star citizen please do but i think uh, you can almost read it this is a this is a in context um in-game narrative like this is not like cig saying hey guys sorry we reprioritized resources and couldn't produce you know digital assets for whitley's guide it's not this is actually a story from in game so there's point number one point number two <laughs> i mean willing to overlook out all activities that you've been linked with what is pyro if if not the haven for outlaws i think he makes an appearance on pyro I think he's going to be dropping hints and maybe some um, surprises for us going into Luminalia in December. I think he is coming from Pyro. All right. Tinfoil hat. Why not? Call it what it is. That's what I think is happening. So let's move on. Okay. So earlier in, I think I got these articles backwards. Here we go. So earlier in the week, um, Afrasia posted the Intergalactic Aerospace Expo FAQ, right? Um, which didn't have like, I don't know, a lot more information. Which came first? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I had it right the first time. Um, for the sake of the podcast, since I'm already talking about it, let's get into the FAQ. But it was actually the free fly schedule that came out first. But the FAQ. Um, this is nothing new for anybody. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you could either go and check out the FAQ in Spectrum yourself, or you can just listen to the last two episodes. All right, episode 32 basically covers all of this, but it covers what is IAE, when is it taking place, November 17th through 30, what time does the event start, November 17th at 10 a.m. Central. When does the free fly start? November 17th, 10 a.m. Central. Has the schedule, right? The event program of when ships are on what day, yada, yada. How do you get to the Tobin Expo Center? Actually, this is really good. How do you get to the Tobin Expo Center? So I created a video that I put on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram, all the socials, um, on basically going from Port Tressler to the Tobin Expo Center. And I went through the route of the spaceport ground garage. And the reason for that is I tried to get a hangar, but I wasn't close enough or it wouldn't spawn or wouldn't hail my hangar. So I turned around and just went through the spaceport ground garage. And I ended up getting a lot of comments or a lot of like, well, yeah, comments that was like, hey, why did you go through that and not the commons ground garage? I had no idea that the commons had a garage. I had no idea. And there were a lot of people that responded that had no idea the spaceport had a ground garage. So you can play this game for a year and a half at this point, um, going on two years, and still find out things that are pretty basic. I mean, that's right, that's pretty basic information, but still finding out brand new things that that are blowing my mind it blows my mind that these exist and i just never knew about it and sure enough going to the commons there's airport signage all over the place that says you know surface entrance 
and you just follow that, go through an elevator. Now it's it's very small. I would highly recommend using the spaceport ground garage because there's more terminals, more garages. Um, but this does exist. And again, it's just it's kind of a silly anecdote, but it it blew my mind. Back to the article. How do I rent a ship? How long can ships be rented? How many vehicles can be rented? Um, I mean, I might as well answer those questions. So how do you rent a ship? There's actual rent uh, locations at really any uh, city. But since we're talking New Babbage, there's an actual, um, what's a place called? Uh, it's one of the, um, I took a screenshot, Traveler. Yeah, Welcome Traveler. It's like the Traveler, you can see it on the screen that I'm sharing. Um, but you go to one of those rent kiosks and you can rent a ship there too easy um and then how long can ships be rented 48 hours and then how many vehicles can be rented you can uh, you can rent everyone everyone that you wanted um each ship or vehicle can be rented once so there's a little nuance um which ships will be free during rents there's a schedule that you can click on blah 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 blah, blah. which ships get the most uh, the best in show paints all right here is the piece that I ended up making um, social media content for. It's will there be quantity stock limited ships? Again, you already know this, right? You already know this because I spoke about it on the last episode, but yes. On IE day two, the Idris P and Javelin. On day four, Origin 890 Jump. Day five, the Kraken and Kraken Privateer. Day six, Pioneer, day eight, the whole E, day nine, the constellation Phoenix. The piece that I did not tell you was that the, the events happen in three waves. So wave one is 10 a.m. Central, wave two is 6 p.m. Central, and then wave three is the following day at 2 a.m. Central. So the F5 war, Right, you're, you're going to start it at 9:59 a.m. Central, and you're going to click on F5 until the ship becomes available, and you're going to try to get it. But then you're, when you don't get it, <laughs> you're going to try again at 6 p.m. Central. Then you're going to try again the next morning at 2 a.m. Central. So have those times nailed down, or go bookmark my tweet um, that has this information in it. But again, 10 a.m., 6 p.m in 2 a.m. times in Central's time, times in U.S. Central time. All right, and then we're actually gonna let this drive the last part of the conversation. So we're gonna come back to this, but before we do, here is the free fly schedule. Um, the information on here, it, again, isn't new, it's redundant. We've already talked about most of it, um, but it does give you this link. This is in the com link. This does give you every single ship that you will find for the next two weeks. So the Gaddock, here we go, Gaddock, uh, Opoa, Banu, and Asperia. There's a whole list of the Carthul, the Nox, the Defender, Blade, Glaive, Prowler, Talon, Talon, Shrike. What it doesn't tell you is the Gaddock, Raylan. <laughs> but, but we, I mean, we just, whatever, we just talked about it. Uh, Aegis Dynamics. So there is a little bit of a surprise here. Um, it's not really a surprise for many. If you've been watching what's happening in the PTU right now, so PTU 321.1, you can drive the Tumbral Storm. 
so the fact that they actually list it here, the Tumbral Storm is a single operator mini tank is built to blitz battlefields and take out enemy artillery. This is a for certain commitment that the Tumbral Storm will release in the next couple of days. In fact, on the third day, November 19th, we will have the Tumbral Storm. And I read the rest of this and could not find any other like leaks or any other information. I think the biggest piece was like, here's the cutter scout that's already out. So there's no surprise there. Um, it was just the, uh, the C one and a one. I didn't see anything about an E one. So I don't think that's coming out. What are, I don't see a pioneer. Everybody's talking about the pioneer being a possibility. A lot of people are talking about the RSI. Let's go down to RSI. A lot of people are talking about the RSI, Orion. RSI Orion is not listed like the storm was. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Okay, so we're going to end with just a quick little uh, limited whole ship discussion for the next what seven days so between now and next wednesday the 22nd you have access to again the idris p javelin 890 jump kraken private tier pioneer right and then by the next episode you'll have chances to get the whole e in the constellation phoenix but i wanted to quickly go through one last time the prices and the little bit of lore behind each one of these ships so first up, we got the Idris P. So the Idris P, this is day two on Saturday, November 18th. The Idris P is going for a standalone price of $1,500 or war bond, $1,300. Sharing my screen. A Mark II Peacekeeper variant developed for the UEE patrol services. The Idris P strips the standard ship's ship-to-ship -ship gun and spinal mount in favor of additional cargo capacity and superior speed. All right. So here is, I mean, you know what the Idris looks like. Like, you've been fi uh, facing these in Xenothreat and a bunch of different other in-game events. You've been seeing these. So this is no surprise what they look like. Um, one of the fun things that I wanted to kind of go through, though, <laughs> is the uh, thing that I can't click on. <laughs> the specifications. I'm pretty sure this is a, what they say, like a 60 person. Let me go back. Ships. Because they usually tell you the Idris P. I think it's 28. I think I'm thinking the Javelin. The Javelin's like 60 to 80 people. The Idris P, the max crew. 28 people get your org ready because <laughs> if you don't have 28 people that's again that's the max but if you don't have 28 people um it's gonna be difficult to fly the idris as sexy as the idris is all right but not just the idris p you also have the chance of spending like three thousand dollars on the javelin so the javelin standalone price three thousand dollars or the war bond price of two thousand seven hundred dollars let's get into this little gem such a beautiful ship Designed for use by the UEE military, the Javelin is a massive modular capital ship that can be appropriated for entrepreneurial use. With a detailed interior, plenty of modular room options, and a high crew capacity, which again is like 80, the Javelin is a ship that has made a name for itself 
in a variety of roles. And again, I think they... Oh, you see, now you can click on specifications on this one. The men crew is 12. The max crew is 80. 80. Whew. That's like the majority of the servers right now. <laughs> I think the max... The highest server capacity I've seen, and it's it's gone down in the last couple of months, but the highest capacity I've seen is 150. So more than half the server would be on one ship. Cool. On day four, Monday, November 20th, you have access to the 890 jump. I think everybody is very familiar with the 890 jump at this point. Um, it's available as a mercenary mission. I think it's a mercenary mission, but these will be derelict, uh, kind of floating in uh, atmosphere. And you can go and you can take out um, all the terrorists or the gang members that are on it. Uh, and it's like 45,000 UEC, a very, very uh, quick way of earning a lot of money. So to the article, with an elegant, sleek exterior that bellies its spacious interior, the 890 Jump is a true engineering marvel. Crafted to impress from every angle by combining a unique, innovative design with the finest materials and the most advanced technology, the result is a vessel that is in a class all of its own, a masterpiece worthy of the name of the name Origin. And this one's cool because it comes with a brochure, a really awesome uh, PDF that has great pictures and articles, etc. Um, and the specifications here: max crew is only eight, so a little bit more uh, feasible. Min crew is three little bit more uh, easier to handle you got the Kraken the Kraken Privateer and the Pioneer so let me go ahead and open all these up real quick and then we'll get into the articles Kraken here we go the Kraken is a protector and a beacon of freedom in a too often cruel universe for those tasked with safekeeping citizens unable to protect themselves the Kraken is both a sanctuary and a self-contained war machine ready to take on the most daunting adversaries Drake has thrown out the rule book to redefine private use capital class ships attack carriers and the very nature of personal freedom it's nothing if not a testament to the empowerment of the people and again, this, for those of you on podcast, a reminder, the Kraken is the um, the landing pad ship, right? It's got hangers out the sides, a landing pad on top. Um, this is going to be your deployment vessel, right, for your org. All right, so the next one is the privateer. It simply replaces uh, some of the cargo space for mercantile uh, or ship um, stores, right? And then, in fact the article doesn't even change it says the exact same <laughs> same thing uh but yeah again this the kraken privateer is for the merchant uh loop game loop last but not least the pioneer uh we didn't go through the prices my bad so the kraken the standalone price is 1650 dollars the war bond is 1400 dollars the privateer is a little bit more expensive. The privateer is $2,000 standalone and $1,700 war bond. Last, the pioneer. It's $850 standalone, $750 war bond, and I will be going after this on day six, which is Wednesday, to the article. After their auspicious <clears throat> debut with the Mustang, Consolidated Outland has gone and changed the game again with the reveal of the Pioneer, 
This self-contained mobile construction yard is capable of creating planetary modular structures, ushering a new wave of aspiring colonists to customize their new homes on the frontier. This is your base builder. We talked about it a little bit last week, uh, but this is what you're going to be using in Pyro uh, in order to build well, your bases or your places of, of, of um, work. Your max career here is only eight. It's not going to be, you know, a huge ask for your org to run, but your org will need one. I, I guarantee you to build these massive org sized cities, you're going to need one or even two or three pioneers. So I'll be getting one for the sake of soul provision. Um, our org is going to need it and hell, we deserve it. So, <laughs> uh, okay, that's it for episode 33. Um, for next week, I'm, I'm debating, guys. I'm debating on whether or not to have an episode. I won't be recording on Thursday. Um, it's because of Thanksgiving, right? I'm not going to be recording on Thursday, but I will try my best to get something out um, as like a week two, IEE 2953 week two. The week after that... Right now, uh, tentatively, I have a really awesome guest who's going to be on um, to talk about. I can't even. I can't even say to talk about because it'll ruin it. Uh, but I'm very excited of the potential guest speaker or guest host that we'll have on episode 35. So, I appreciate every single one of you jumping on and listening to this podcast. We'll hit 5,000 listens between now and next week. We're at like 4,900 right now. So, again, it's a blessing. It's because of you. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Verse. Uh, again, I'm Solus. Um, please reach out if um, if you like to collaborate. I, I was on Trees um, Veterans Day special last weekend, so you can go check out his Armchair admirals and generals podcast that was a lot of fun to do um i love being on other people's shows as well you can get involved in this conversation with your questions comments concerns emotional outbursts by emailing us at contact at beyondtheversehq.com or interacting with our spotify q a or polls at the end of each episode over at spotify you can join our in-game organization soul provision by applying at www.robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash provision watch our video replays over at youtube at youtube.com forward slash at btv underscore cast and follow the conversation over at twitter tiktok instagram all at forward slash btv underscore cast once again thank you for joining us we hope this finds you well and until next time safe travels as you traverse beyond the verse take care everybody